Hello everyone, Mandy Friedman here, licensed professional clinical counselor, clinically certified domestic violence counselor, clinically certified trauma professional level two, and the owner of Claremont Mental Health. Welcome everyone to my live video about what happens when you are accused of running away. This is something that I've heard uh, many times with my clients that during a conflict or while they're trying to set boundaries or during some kind of an interaction with someone who is manipulative or abusive, that when they try to gain space in these situations, they get accused of running away. You might have even begun to believe this about yourself, that you're a big wimp and that you can't handle communication and that you, you, know, that you are running away, that you're fleeing. Um, someone used this term with me yesterday. I decided to flee, she says, instead of face it. And so we started to dig into that a little bit deeper about how that, that term fleeing in the situation that she was describing was kind of a mischaracterization. And then where did that come from? Where do we get that idea that by removing yourself from conflict or by gaining space from something that's toxic, that that's you running away? Well, first let's focus on the word flee, right? So we know that we have our trauma responses of fight, flight, flee, flee, um, well, excuse me, fight, flight, right? So flight is flee, isn't it? And if we look deeper into that and think about that flight, well, that's a survival mechanism, flight, right? Fight or flight, that's survival. So when you think you're fleeing or running away, um, it's not that you are a coward or that you can't handle communication it's that your survival mechanisms are kicking in and something is saying it's time to leave. It's time to end the conversation. It's time to remove yourself for a number of reasons. And we're gonna go into some of those details here right now. But I just wanted to point out that it is a mischaracterization to call it running away. Another term is giving up. Um, that when you decide something is enough, that that's you giving up. And who does that serve, that mischaracterization? Hmm. So what are we doing when we're running away or gaining space or setting a boundary? What are we doing? We are, like I said, gaining space. We're getting physically away from something. We are maybe setting boundaries. I don't want to participate in this any further. This conversation is making me uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable with the tone that you're using. It's making me feel um, unsafe or uncomfortable. And um, so removing yourself physically, setting boundaries, choosing not to engage in conflict, also creating some kind of balance. You know, if someone has had too much time to talk and you haven't had enough time to talk, no one's listening to you now, um, after you just listened to what they had to say, so eventually we're just kind of fed up with something or we see that it's not going anywhere, we're going in circles, or that this person has no intention of understanding you at all. That no matter how you say something, how well you present it, how calm you are, they are dead set to misunderstand you. So we have purposeful mischaracterization and purposeful misunderstanding that goes on in these interactions with toxic, manipulative, abusive, narcissistic people and in those types of environments as well. We are taught that you have to sit and take it and that if you don't want to sit and take it, that there's something wrong with you, that this is normal here. This is how we talk to each other and this is how we fight. 
And if you don't like it, there's something wrong with you, not with how I'm doing things or how we're doing things. But remember that fight, flight is a trauma response. Those are survival mechanisms. So that along with you just plain old needing to get away from something can cause you to want to gain space from a specific argument, from a person, a number of situations might make you want to do this. Now, let's go back to um, why we're gaining the space. Stress reduction, you know, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. This is too stressful. I need to calm down. I need to ground myself. I need to get out of my survival parts of my brain and my amygdala and into the parts of my brain that can be rational and logical. And in order to do that, I need to take a breath and a minute to myself. There's, like I mentioned before, establishing balance. There's something unbalanced that's happening. And by removing yourself or gaining space, that provides the balance for you, reduces your stress levels. Then there's also just plain old survival, like I mentioned before. I don't feel safe. This person is seeking to harm me. This person wants me to feel bad or wants to somehow control me through this interaction. And so I feel the need to get out, leave the house, leave the room. Um, so we wanna think clearer. We wanna also avoid further traumatization, right? We wanna avoid things that cause us to be triggered that I need to leave right now, I need to ruin myself now, is you protecting yourself, not running away. Have you begun to believe this about yourself? I wonder if you have, because a lot of people have. They've heard it enough in toxic family systems, in intimate partner relationships, in toxic and abusive environments, groups, you know, um, after hearing it from manipulative people for uh, years of your life, you might believe that about yourself, that, that you're weak, that you're a coward, that you can't face things. When really all along, it's just, that's not how you interact with people. That's not how you choose to have conversations. That's not the tone that you choose to use. Those aren't the words that you select when you're having interactions and you'll come across someone that this is how they fight or this is how they have conflicts and it doesn't mesh well with your nervous system <laughs> or something about the situation is causing your nervous system to feel disturbed. And so then you try to seek space. And then what happens? You're accused of running away or giving up. And what does that call you to do? That calls you to draw you back into the interaction or the conflict. It's meant to challenge you so that you prove them wrong. This is mentioned in the book, The Gift of Fear. And that is by Gavin De Becker. I get it mixed up sometimes. I said it right, Gavin De Becker, The Gift of Fear. He talks about how that manipulative people will um, falsely accuse you and that we're the types that will want to prove them wrong. So say, for example, you go to a bar and sit down and someone's trying to buy you a drink and you keep saying, no, no, I don't want a drink. This is the example used in the book, I think. And, um, and the person says, okay, well, fine, you snob. And you're like, well, hold on, I'm not a snob. I'm actually a really nice person and I'm very, you know, okay, well, fine, you can buy me a drink. 
So notice how that by accusing that person, mischaracterizing their desire to not have a drink or to not have someone buy them a drink, it's turned into something personal about their character. They get mischaracterized. And what do we do? We want to prove that that's a mischaracterization. And what does that do? It draws you in to the interaction. So it serves a purpose by mischaracterizing your actions and behaviors, despite what you're saying. You're like, no, I just need a break. No, I'm not running away. We can have the, we can carry on this conversation. I just need a minute. You know, you're even saying it. And they're like, no, you're running away because you can't handle facing the truth about blah, 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 blah. Like, no, I can face the truth. I just need a minute. Right? So you keep trying to defend yourself and explain what you're doing. They keep mis characterizing it, purposely misunderstanding it, and now here we go, you're drawn right back into the conflict. So it serves them to mischaracterize what you're doing. The problem happens when you believe it and when you take the bait. Now, I think it's really important to differentiate the difference between what I'm talking about and what we can see in certain attachment styles and cycles and patterns that can go on, say between people that have a you know, one person is avoidantly attached and the other person is nervously attached, okay? So you might run into a situation where you're, you are having a conflict with someone. This happens, let's, this happens in your new healthy relationships. This isn't even a toxic abusive relationship, but, but let, follow me here. Let's make this connection. So if that's the pattern in abusive relationships, is that you are feeling pressured or encroached upon or controlled or belittled or your stress levels are too high and you just you need to get away and then you're told that you are running away and it's being mischaracterized. Fast forward, you're now in a healthy relationship with a healthy person who just happens to have an avoidant attachment style and you have a nervous attachment or anxious attachment style. So in those, um, in those scenarios, the avoidantly attached is going to gain space. <laughs> That's the person who removes themselves and, you know, they shrink away and get quiet and they don't want to have the interactions they avoid. Uh, they go quiet. And then the anxiously attached is like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Hold on. We need to finish this conversation. I, I don't feel okay. I need for us to talk until we feel better because I'm not feeling better. And now you're walking away. And that makes me feel like that we're not going to resolve this problem because in my past relationships, the problems never got solved. And so as you're walking away to gain space in a normal conflict because this other person, they are avoidantly attached, you are anxiously attached, you might start to pursue them. <laughs> don't leave the room. You know, we need to finish this conversation. No, no, don't, don't go, don't walk away. And then you become the pursuer and it's this pursue retreat pattern. As the anxiously attached, you wind up telling someone else that they can't leave the room. Do you see where that came from? And that's from our history of not being able to be heard, be seen, be known, to be respected, and that in conflict with our partner or with someone we really care about, that it never ends well that we don't get to have our point be made, that we don't gain understanding, okay? And, and that it doesn't help the relationship actually at all. So yeah, we're not used to being able to have healthy conflict. So present day, we're trying to work something out with somebody who just happens to have that opposite attachment style. And you might get really triggered 
by that when they go to leave the room. Because now you're projecting, putting yourself in their shoes. Why are they leaving the room? Is it because, oh wait, why would I be leaving the room? Well, I'd be leaving the room because I'm feeling like that somebody's trying to hurt me or something. And then you'd be like, wait, I'm not trying to hurt you. And we get sucked into this vortex of not knowing what's real and what isn't real. When we're triggered, things get all messy. I know you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're watching the wrong video. This is something that's very common among survivors in recovery who are trying to develop their new healthy relationships, that these attachment styles can be very triggering. So I just wanted to differentiate between the two. When I'm talking about someone who's accusing you of running away, when you're just trying to gain space, that's in a narcissistically abusive relationship or environment that that's happening. And all you're trying to do is survive and reduce your stress levels and it's being mischaracterized and you're believing it. And I'm saying it's time to shift that narrative up here. It's, try, it's time for you to define it as what it is, which is I'm just needing space. But let's not get confused between that and how our attachment styles might be clashing with someone who is not narcissistically abusive, but rather they're just not one for the gift of gap. They just rather shut the conversation down that makes them feel more comfortable to not talk about feelings, to not talk about things. And they have their reasons for doing that. If we go back into their history, we can see why they are avoidantly attached, just like we can tell why you are nervously attached. Not all of our clients are nervously attached. Often we have a combination of presentations or you might be anxiously attached with one person or one style of relationship, but be avoidantly attached with other styles of relationship. So it's very specific to the person, but I just didn't want for us to get confused because I know how we are. We are ego dystonic. So we're always like, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the problem. And I knew that you might fall into that trap. So I just wanted to point that out. Not the same thing as attachment styles. This is just a form of further abuse and it's a manipulation tool of mischaracterizing you to draw you back in so they can continue on with the abuse. I hope this has been helpful. Bye-bye.